It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And we've got a bit of follow-up from yesterday's two of our stories, actually. And the first is Google Photos. There's a good post on Medium written by Will Oremus, who argues uh, that Google Photos, as good as it is that they're, they're giving you an entire, what, nine months or so to figure out what you're going to do next with your photos, this is actually a really good case against breaking up, or a good case for breaking up big tech, I should say. Will describes the move from Google as a galling bait and switch and says that by entering this market, entering this photo storage market and offering such a compelling free product, it it completely killed all of the other competitors in the space. And now that those competitors are gone, Google can now start charging, which is a, a really cynical but probably accurate way of looking at it, Tess. Yeah, so I think we're guilty of just taking that announcement at face value yesterday uh, without considering the evil billionaires behind the decision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of funny when you think about it. Like there, there were so many amazing photo sharing apps just a couple of years ago and they've all disappeared. And, and when we were talking about it yesterday, I, I was saying, well, you know, I might go either Google or I, I might stick with Google or I might go Apple or Microsoft and that's ex- exactly the problem. It's just like there's only four or five big companies that have the scale to pull this off. So I think it also demonstrates that antitrust, uh, getting the timing around that is, is quite delicate and hard to get right. Uh, there's a bit of a sense here that any that the current action that's building against Google is coming a bit late for those competitors that it's already crushed and put out of business. Mm, and yeah, and as Will points out, over a billion users are now using Google Photos, so they're going to be hard to move uh, regardless of what uh, new services pop up later. And a follow-up as well from Telstra's restructure that we discussed yesterday, and we're looking at whether or not uh, the the restructure is going to enable, the, enable Telstra to buy the NBN. So in an interview with the Fin Review, Telstra CEO Andy Penn says, quote, the government's policy has always stated that the NBN could not uh, be owned by a vertically integrated operator. So Infraco would have to be demerged effectively. So we are definitely into 30 Rock Jack Donaghy speech here <laughs> for <laughs> corporate jargon. Yeah, yeah. And and again, showing our naivete yesterday when we were talking about the, the split up, Paul Smith points out that this is probably the main uh, reason behind the breakup because, yeah, it, th- this would allow them to, to purchase the NBN, which has been something Telstra has wanted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And one other announcement that I wanted to pull out from 
from Telstra yesterday was that it's thinking about becoming an electricity company. So uh, Andy Pan said that they're applying for the necessary licenses to p- sell power to consumers in coming weeks. And it's it's not coming out of nowhere. Telstra has an experienced energy team and it's already heavily involved in the renewable energy sector. Penn said in that announcement, we already underwrite projects that generate enough renewable energy to power about 100,000 homes. And we provide standby power that enables more renewable energy to be absorbed into the energy grid. So you could get your NBN and your home phone and your uh, electricity all from Telstra. And uh, uh, just a great way to, to show that antitrust is not just a US concern. Meanwhile, Facebook has also made the case to break up big tech as it copies features from two of its main rivals. Facebook's Snapchat-like Vanish Mode uh, has become available in Messenger and Instagram. Facebook is introducing Vanish Mode, an, an ephemeral message that disappears and is rolling the feature into Messenger and Instagram. The feature is very similar very similar to Snapchat's basic way of messaging. And that's not all. Instagram is also adding a dedicated section for Reels, which is its pixel-by-pixel remake of TikTok. And it's also adding a dedicated shopping tab uh, in its coming update. Mm. And sticking with Facebook, they say they will not de-platform Steve Bannon after Bannon called for the beheading of two government officials on YouTube. So, you know, a couple of days ago, Tess, you said that uh, it was the a very small bar to step over and yet Facebook tripped. Yeah, so I believe they removed the post, but he hasn't broken enough rules to actually uh, be kicked off the platform. Incredible stuff. And it's a big day for Apple tech nerds everywhere as Big Sur is out today. Mac Rumors has a, a post of some of the best new features in macOS 11 Big Sur, which you can check out in our show notes. Uh, look, I, I think it's a very, very pretty update, which is not a reason to, to upgrade necessarily. But I, I have seen that Twitter is currently full of people desperately trying to download the, the software and failing at some point. So... There is clearly pent-up demand out there, and a lot of Twitter are very sad. I've got a great little tweet in the show notes as well that shows just the pain that some Apple nerds are going through as they're trying to upgrade their machines. Meanwhile, Apple executives have talked about the M1 chip and what that really means for the power of the new MacBook and the MacBook Air. So if you want to check that out, that is also in our show notes today. Lots of reading for you Apple nerds out there. And finally, in data that will surprise no one, Atlassian has proof that we're all working longer hours as we work from home. Atlassian's principal data scientist has crunched the numbers and they looked at the first and last time a user uh, used one of its tools to indicate the the length of the workday and found that we are indeed working longer since we all got sent home from the office in March. Uh, there, there are gaps in the day, which is interesting in the data as well, which which really rings true to me. I remember when I was working at my day job uh, a couple of months ago that I'd, I'd find myself getting a bit of work done at 7 a.m. so that I could then get the kids to daycare and things like that and or, uh, God forbid, those times where they were still at home. And then I'd be you know up doing work once they were in bed. So, yeah, th- this totally rings true to me. Yeah, it's not. Thanks for the reminder as well that this isn't hasn't been a normal period of just remote working. It's had all those extra caring responsibilities thrown in. Flexibility in general, though, you'd think it would be a good thing. 
Yeah, you would think so, but the article does end with uh, an argument that we really do need to understand and work out how to switch off at the end of the day. And, I, and again, I think that that is something that uh, I know a lot of my friends have been struggling with as well, that they they enjoy the fact that they can, you know, maybe have a longer lunch or a walk during the day that they might not have gotten otherwise, but they still find themselves answering emails at 10, 10 at night. And on that note, it is Friday afternoon, so time to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you once again, Tess Bennett, for making it through yet another week of tech news. Thanks for having me. And we will speak to you next week. Have a great one. Uh, enjoy Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>